The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Is it me or is it hot in here? Well, we're I'm good. like a five-step process. Facebook just sucks so bad. Can you pull me up a little bit, hon? Is it okay to call you, hon? I don't want to be sued for sexual harassment. I'm not going to cry about it, Tom. Yeah, if you could bring me up a little bit. Yeah, that's good. Go. Excellent. Now let's get a watch party going. If you could avoid calling me a skirt, maybe that might. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Not on, not on the air anyway. Privately, I might. What did Perry say the other day? You're a walking HR violation, he told me. (laughs) (laughs) And he's right about that. (laughs) What's good is we actually have a studio audience today. I like that. At least she's not going to give me shit about my smoking. Well, Eric looks pretty good on TV, huh? Look at that. Yeah, who knew? I actually got a couple of emails from some women asking me who you were. Oh, really? Like, he's really good looking. Who, do you know him? Who is that? You gave out my number? I don't like to do that unless I ask first. Okay. Sorry. All right, you have permission, though. All righty. <laughs> Must not be paying attention. We'll have to pay attention to your numbers there, Tom. See if we get uh, much higher viewership all of a sudden. Right, right. Uh, the last thing in the world I wanted to do today was do a show. There's so much going on, it's ridiculous. All right, I guess we'll start the show. You want to start the show? We're doing a show, right? We're live? Is that it? Right? We're we live. All right, baby. we'll start Let's the show. This. Hi, my name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's top Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And we were going to have uh, Kirk Minahan on today to talk about the Supreme Court uh, case that has made the Massachusetts, it's gone all the way up to the Massachusetts State Supreme Court. Uh, he postponed last minute. Um, and that's too bad because I've got uh, my new intern, Eric, is with us. And I don't know anything about sports. And Kirk is a sports guy. So I figured I'd bring Eric in because he's a sports guy. And I could talk about, like, the legal stuff that has to do with the uh, Supreme Court. And then he could ask him, like, sports stuff. And it would be, like, a really good show. And then he postponed last minute. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do a shorter version of the program, I think. Well, the last time I said that, we went 10 minutes over, so you just never know what's going to happen, what's going to come out of my mouth at some point on the show. Uh, a couple of things I want to get to before I introduce Eric. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Was my list here? The Valley Patriot is out on the street. It's being delivered as we speak. A um, couple of interesting things in here. We had uh, my new intern, Eric, my new reporter, um, because I don't have time to do this stuff. So I called him and said, hey, listen, uh, go out and uh, online and find like all the COVID information for the surrounding communities and compile something. And I thought like when it came in, because he's never done this before, I was going to have to kind of like rewrite it because a lot of times people will write some f- stuff for me and I'll use it as a foundation and then I'll kind of rewrite it and make it. But it was good when it came in. I didn't have to really edit that much. So um, we have all the new COVID numbers in this edition of the Valley Patriot when you pick it up. We've got our Methuen Mayor Perry report in the paper this month, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. And as always, we always on the front page of the paper like to honor a veteran. And this month, we're honoring my second cousin. He's a great guy, Tommy Murphy, former Lawrence police officer. Um, John Cotty, who writes our, um, our tributes to the veterans every month, is on this new kick about honoring veterans that then became police officers when they came back from you know whatever war or wherever they served. And it has served him well. This is the second one that I think it's really, really good. And uh, at one point, we actually had about a year ago, we were going to do Mike Samad because he was in the Air Force. He's a hero. He's not just a hero police officer, but he's also Air Force veteran. Um, And then he decided to run for office. So I was like, well, if he's going to run for office and I do it, it's going to look like I'm just doing it because he's running for office. So I'll just kind of wait until he's been in office for a little while. And then he screwed me. So I was like, wow, like, how do I do that now? Because he's certainly not going to cooperate with any reporter from the Valley Patriots that's going to call him now that he's sticking knives in my back. So um, so I, we have another really good guy, and I'm not going to say who it is, but it's somebody everybody knows for next month. And John, Cuddy, I want to thank John Cuddy. He's doing a great job. Um, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. Okay. So I submitted a public records request. To the city of Methuen, because Methuen Mayor Neil Perry is always here saying how, how transparent he is, and, and I believe him. I think he's a pretty transparent guy, and I submitted a public records request to the city of Methuen asking for the names and, and um, salary and overtime of the top 10 paid workers in the Methuen DPW. And I got this email. Actually, I didn't get an email, by the way. Somebody told me it was posted on the city website, which is another whole conversation we have to have at some point, um, that they had posted online uh, the answer to my request. So I went online and I downloaded all these documents thinking, okay, they gave me what I want and I'm going to be able to put it in the paper. And when I opened it, everything was blacked out. So they blacked out the name of the employee and the salary of the employee, but they gave me the document like somehow that's compliant with the state's public records request. And it's not, because newsflash, I wrote the state's public records law. I wrote about two-thirds of it. There's, like a, there's like a bunch of sections in there that were written by Jamie Eldridge, the state senator. Um, there's a couple of provisions in there that were written by uh, Linda Campbell, the state rep. But I worked with all of them. I wrote the foundation of it, and I sent it in. It took four years to get it passed, and we got it passed. And so now I've got the city of Methuen lawyers telling me that DPW workers, city workers, who are paid for with taxpayer dollars – their names and their salaries are not a public record. And I had to wonder to myself that if that's the case, how come Joe Solomon's name and, and salary has been in the paper for like the last five years? How does that work? So I called the Secretary of State's office. Um, they know me well, and I've worked very well with them over the last few years. And they, I actually consulted with them when I wrote the state's public records uh, law and actually testified with Secretary Galvin at several subcommittee meetings at the State House. And they took my call and they said, we, we know when you call, it's usually a good case because I don't bother them all the time. 
and I submitted my appeal. They notified Methuen today that they have the appeal, and usually within about four or five days, we get an answer. And when we get an answer, I'm expecting that answer to be them demanding the city of Methuen to stop playing games and give me the um, name and amount paid to uh, all the, the they say they don't they don't comp- they don't have a list of like the top ten right their answer was we we would have to compile that from our records and we're not obligated to compile stuff so I also asked for a copy of all of the legal contracts all the money that they're spending on lawyers and on top of that I asked for how much money did they spend on those attorneys above and beyond the contract because Steve Saber the city council president said at a meeting one day that. Uh, they were talking about a legal contract, and he made a comment about, I, I know we went over our contract last month, or I know we're spending a lot of money, but it's worth every penny. So I started thinking, and I said, well, we should find out what that is and let the public know what that is. I mean, that's, you know, that's not a gotcha thing. That's just kind of like the public has the right to know. So they send me a thing back saying, um, yeah, you're not entitled to that. You, you didn't ask for it the right way. We don't have a list of how much... So what I have to do now is, because now they're playing games, which is bizarre because I thought this was a transparent administration. Um, now what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to ask for all of the invoices that the city has received from lawyers or law firms that the city, ha- that, that's, that the city has gotten or for legal bills. And I'm pretty sure they're going to pull the same crap. I'm pretty sure when I, I'm going to submit that today... And in 10 days, they're going to upload everything blacked out online. And then I'm going to have to go back to the Secretary of State. I feel like Willie Lantigua was around. Like, I feel like Willie Lantigua was the mayor around here. Like, I really do. When Willie Lantigua was mayor of Lawrence, he wouldn't give me anything. Like, I asked him. I sent a public records request one day for his schedule, which is clearly, clearly a public record. He's a mayor. He's paid for with taxpayers' dollars. The schedule is compiled with taxpayers' dollars. And he refused to give it to me. And I also asked for a bunch of other stuff, and I had to take them to court. And the judge told me at the time, Judge Canetta told me at the time, geez, Tom, the only thing I can do is order him to give it to you. But if he refuses, there's nothing in the law that penalizes him for refusing. And I said, well, well Judge, can't you, can't you cite him for contempt of court for violating your order? Yeah, not on this, he says, not on a civil thing like this. I, I really can't. So that's when I decided to get together with Katie Ives, Diana DiZoglio, Jamie Eldridge, the state senator, and state representative Linda Campbell. And it took, again, it took us four years to get that passed. So under the new law, if I have to take a municipality to court to get public records and I get and the judge rules in my favor, they have to pay my filing fee with the court and they have to pay my legal fees with the court and they have to pay my time out of work to go to court to get the documents. That was the beauty of what I wrote because prior to that, Willie Lantigua looked me in the eye, the former mayor of Lawrence, he looked me in the eye one day and said, I'm never giving you those documents for as long as I'm mayor. I don't care what the judge says. There's no penalty in the law. There's nothing you can do to me. Like he told me to my face. I at least, I at least respect that. As much as I didn't like it because he's an a-hole, I at least respected that he looked me in the eye and said, you know, what the real story was. I'm not giving it to you no matter what. So once Dan Rivera got into office... Dan called me on his first day in office and said, I've got about eight public records requests sitting on my desk from you that are about four years old. Come down tomorrow and I'll give you everything you need. That was great. So I got everything I needed. It was irrelevant by that point because Willie was already out of office, right? And all the things that he had done were pretty much irrelevant for the most part. 
But at least we were able to pass the law. And the law still needs to be tweaked. I'm working with Diana DiZaglio, our state senator, and I'm working with a few other legislators to try and tweak the state public records law because they wrote in, like, at the very last minute before they passed that law, they wrote in the margins a whole bunch of stuff that waters, that waters it down. For example, um, they exempted the governor's office. Now, why would, why would they exempt the governor's office? They exempted themselves. So if I want to do a public records request uh, and ask for the emails of a state rep back and forth to maybe some company that donated to their campaign to see if they got some kind of special favorite, they don't have to give me that. They made that an exception to the state's public records law. So we still need to tweak it a little bit, but at least we've got what we've got. And I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm 99% positive that it may, they will be able to delay it with all their obfuscation tactics. But at the end of the day, we're going to find out um, the information that I asked for. And I wasn't going to tell you this, but since they're being so difficult, I am going to tell you this. The reason I'm asking for the DPW pay is that we've been hearing rumors now for the last year that City Council President Steve Sabre's son, and I'm not somebody that goes after people's family, right? But if you're a public employee, that's different. If you're a public person, it's different. And normally, I would never go after anybody's family, and I'm not going after this guy, obviously. But I wanted to know how much. I've been hearing that this guy has only been there for a few years, and that he's got more overtime than guys that have been there for 35 years, because he's the council president's son. So I submitted my public records request, just simply asking for, give me the top 10 paid DPW employees in all their overtime, right? Now, maybe I'm going to get those documents, and it's going to show that the rumors we've been hearing aren't true. Maybe it's not true. Maybe the guy's not the most highest paid. Maybe, maybe that's not the case, but I need the documents to see one way or the other. And I have a feeling that that's the reason they're not giving it to me. I have a feeling now that I'm right, because if I was wrong, I think they would have just given me the information. So originally, my story was going to be how much money DPW is running up in overtime. And by the way, that's not to say that it's wrong, Right. We went through COVID. These guys were out there at one in the morning fixing pipes and stuff. So it's not that I'm, I'm not saying anybody did wrong, at least not yet, unless I find something in the documents that look wrong. But I do want the documents. And, you know, the old Tom Duggan would have been ballistic if a mayor said, no, you can't have these documents. I'm trying to be as patient as I can. But I'm also not going to sit back on my ass and let them lie to me. Like they literally lied in, in, in a document saying that this is not a public record, that it's an exception to the public records law. And it's not. So you can look forward to that sometime in the next week or two uh, when we get the documents. And I'm pretty sure we will get the documents. We will write a story if there's something there. If there isn't something there, I'll go on Facebook and say, look, we got the documents. We looked through it. And there's nothing there. And that's just, that's just the way it is. By the way, I very much respect Neil Perry and the job that he does. And I've always gone out of my way to try and respect and try and not do things that I think might hurt the guy. Right? That's the new Tom Duggan. The new Tom Duggan is now gone. We're back to the old Tom Duggan. The old Tom Duggan asks for information. If he doesn't get it, I'm, I'm going to be a bulldog, and I'm going to get the information, and then let the information speak for itself. Because my opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to anybody what my opinion is. I write opinion columns. Some people like it. Some people don't. But when I'm writing a report, when, I'm, when I put on my reporter's hat and take off my opinion hat, it's just about what the information says. That's it. So... We're going we're gonna to hang on to that. We're going to be, as much as I can, I'm going to be fighting to try and get those documents. And as soon as I get them, I've got a few more public records requests that I'm going to be submitting that have to do with the school department. Because I was thinking when I was watching last week's show, 
And I mentioned last week that all of those city councils that came here and debated for Methuen, they all said during the election that they were going to investigate how Judy Scandal, the former superintendent, was a superintendent for 10 years without certification and nobody said anything. How did she get to be superintendent when the 10 years before that, she was a school principal and wasn't certified to be a school principal when she applied to be superintendent? Like, nobody, nobody even bothered to look. And if they did look, they, and they knew, nobody said anything. And they all sat here and said, we're going we're to get to the bottom of it. And one candidate even said, and we're going to name names. And since they got elected, they haven't done anything. So once I get these public records requests, I got a couple of other public record requests going into the school department. I want to see who was getting raises during COVID. I want to see how much money the teachers union got in step increases. I want to see how many contracts were signed during COVID. How much money did the city spend? How much money did the superintendent spend during COVID? And there may be something there. There may be nothing there. That's why you request the records. So public records request Tom Duggan is back. I should have been doing this a year ago. Um, I, was, I, was, I held back a lot because I was, I was really trying to defer to letting the new mayor get his feet wet. You know, I didn't want to break his balls. I didn't want him to think I was breaking his balls. So I held back a lot. And so now I'm, now I'm just going to do my job. And, you know, if people don't like that, people need uh, – other people who I have respected should respect that I have a job to do. And this is the job that I do, and this is the job that I'm going to do. One of the things that I did um, in the last couple of weeks is I brought on a new reporter, Eric Spagnoli, who's here with us today. Hi, Eric. Um, he, he, he asked if, I, if I, he could be an intern. And in full disclosure, I met Eric. Eric's a comedian, right? So I was a judge, um, but right before COVID, they were doing a, uh, a comedy, what would you call it, like a comedy competition? Yeah, it was a comedy contest. It was the uh, 2020 Mr. and Mrs. Funny for Merrimack Valley. Right, right, yeah. right. So at Salvatore's Restaurant, who's a great advertiser in the Valley Patriot, um, they started getting comedy routines, comedians coming in, and big name comedians too. We had uh, that guy Sweeney came in, we had Dave Russo. And then they had this competition, and he asked me to be a judge. He says, I watch your show. You're pretty funny. You could be a judge. So I think, what did you come in, third? Was it second, third? Second. Came in second yeah. out of all the comedians. I think there was like 10 or 12 comedians that day. Um, and we were going to use them at the bash. And then COVID hit the week before the bash, and we had to cancel the bash. By the way, we are doing a bash this year. I think it's going to be in May. We're waiting for everything to kind of open up a little bit. Um, I, th- I don't think we're going to be able to do it at the – at the Fireman's Relief this year. I don't think they're going to be open for it. So we may do it at Salvatore's, which is good for Sal, for, for Mike Agricola, the owner of Sal's, because they don't eat the food every year. And now they don't have to carry it all over to the Relief Sand. Now we can just do it there. So we're, we're working on a lot of things. There's a lot of things going on. Um, we're doing a corporate restructuring. Most people think that the Valley Patriot is Tom Duggan. Um, a lot of the politicians make the mistake of thinking that the Valley Patriot is just Tom Duggan. We are a corporation. I have shareholders. I have a board of directors that I have to answer to. We're doing a total restructuring of all of that. And we're hopefully going to have an, a, a big announcement to, uh, to have next week. So anyways, I, I talked to Eric. Um, he, he really wants to get into journalism. And my first question was, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, there's no money in this business at all, Eric. Why do you want to be a journalist? Like, there's no money in it. It's a horrible job. They force you to write things that aren't true when you write for other newspapers. So I said, you really want to rethink that, I think. And he's like, no, no, no. This is what I really want to do. So Yeah, it's true. 
and, and I think local journalism is really the, the last standing form of, of real journalism. You told me that that journalism is dead. Yeah, pretty uh, much over is. that interview. Yeah, I did. I, I think um, ethical journalism is on life support, and we got to decide now whether to pull the plug or try to save it. Right. And uh, there's this really interesting book that I was reading um, before I was talking to you. It's called Democracy Without Journalism, and it basically you know breaks down the issues that are happening in journalism today, and um, a lot of uh, the solution is funding local newspapers, local journalists, stuff like that. And, you know, kind of restructuring the way we think of of journalism and and how it's uh, owned and structured. Right. Because even at the local level, the Eagle Tribune, the reason we started the Valley Patriot in 2004 is because the Eagle Tribune, the, the, the Merrimack Valley basically had one paper, right? And if the Eagle Tribune didn't like you, you could do no right. And I used to joke and say, if Tom Duggan or Joe Solomon, or Wilfredo LeBoy saved a baby from a burning building, they'd take the picture, reverse the negative, and say, Wilfredo LeBoy puts baby in burning building. Like, if they don't like you, no matter what you do, you can't win with them. And if they like you, no matter what you do, you can do no wrong. And I, the, the, the impetus of why we started this paper, I'll just give you like a real brief. Uh, I was on the school committee in Lawrence for three years, then I wrote for a newspaper called Rumbo, and then I left. And after I left, somebody from the Lawrence School Department sent me a bunch of uh, documents that showed that the superintendent and school board members were going out to dinner at One Mill Street, the most expensive restaurant in Lawrence, um, and they were running up the school's credit card, and they were buying steak and duck and lobster and alcohol and escargots and all this stuff. So I gave it to a friend at the Tribune and said, don't tell your bosses it came from me, but here's a good story. Here's all the documents... Go. I mean, it's all here. The sign-off sheets and everything. And he called me back two weeks later and said, Tom, they're not doing the story. They love Wilfredo LeBoy. Wilfredo LeBoy tips them off about all the stories in the school department, and they don't want to kill the Golden Goose. So I hung up the phone. The guy's name is John McCone. He works for the Herald now. I hung up the phone, and my girlfriend was with me, and I said, we got to start our own paper. We have to start our own paper. If we're a one-newspaper town and they can cover up, theft of school children's money because they like the person who's doing the stealing, then obviously there's enough material. What else, what else are they hiding? Let's start our own paper. And within a month, we had two more investors, and we started the paper. And we've been in the black ever since. In fact, it turns out after the first paper came out, we didn't even need the other two investors, that me and my girlfriend could have actually done it by ourselves. Uh, but I'm glad that we did because it all, it, it, it's all worked out. We're getting ready to celebrate our 17th anniversary and we get to um, have our 17th anniversary bash. We didn't get a 16th, so this one's going to have to be really big. We have to make up for last year. Um, anyways, so that's why we started the paper, because we were sick and tired of the lack of journalism, even at the local level. And they're doing it now in Methuen. They think Steve Saber is the second coming of Christ, and they think that uh, Jim McCarty is the second coming of Christ, and they hate Mayor Perry which is one of the reasons why we like to cover Mayor Perry and the Valley Patriot, because we want to show people the other side, right? Friend or foe, if someone's not getting a fair deal out there, we want to make sure that we give them a fair deal on our paper. That's why people pick up our paper. That's why they want to... Most of the people who read the Valley Patriot read the Tribune, which is great, because they get emails all the time saying, hey, I just read your story on XYZ, and that's not anything like what the Tribune wrote. Can you square that for me? 
And I'll send them the documents as to how I wrote the story and why I wrote the story. And they'll go, Jesus Christ, why, why, didn't, why is the Tribune publishing information that's just wrong? Like, they published that Joe Solomon got hazard pay out of the CARES money and that Tim Sheehy, the fire department, uh, fire chief, got hazard pay out of the CARES money in Methuen. And they didn't. When Neil Perry was here, he said, that's just not true. It's a lie. And when he went to them and told them that it wasn't true, they refused to correct it. So there's a whole bunch of people out there thinking that Neil Perry gave the police chief and the fire chief hazard pay out of CARES money, and it's just simply not true. And they won't correct it. So we need a Valley Patriot, whether it's my paper or another paper, we need another paper in the Merrimack Valley. So anyway, I know I asked you a question and talked for 20 minutes. No, feel but, free. So, so you want to be, you want to be a, a reporter. You, you want to try and save journalism. God bless you. <laughs> right? But you came to the right place, right? Because if you're interning for another newspaper, it would be very, very different. Um, I'm going to give you free reign you know, to do your own thing. I'll give you assignments. I'll say this is what I'd like you to work on. Like with the COVID thing, we just needed something in for COVID. Um, but you're also a sports guy, right? You want to write about sports stuff, like local sports stuff? Yes. Um, I would love to, to cover the local high school sports. I, I don't know what the situation is with that right now, which sports are going on, which mm-hmm. ones aren't. That'd be, um, that'd be a great first story. What sports are going on right now and what isn't? Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I think it'd be cool for just the kids to, to see their name in a newspaper. I mean, even if they're not going after a scholarship um, or to, to play at the next level, just to have some newspaper clipping to show their grandkids mm-hmm. one day, you know, like, hey, look, kids, grandfather was in the newspaper. Like, right, right. I think that'd be really cool, and I'd love to do that for It for is great. I get, I get a lot of calls from people. I got a call from a lady about a year ago. She said, my, uh, my granddaughter and I were out planting some flowers in one of those little islands, like in, in the roadway. They have like these little, right. these little islands. Um, it's named after my father or my grandfather. And there's a little sign there with his name on it. And we were out there planting flowers. And a guy from the Tribune came by and took our picture and said he was putting it in the paper. He got my name wrong. He got my father's name or grandfather's name wrong. And he got the street wrong where we were. I said, well, do you want me to write a story about how the Tribune got it wrong? She said, no, no, no. Can you just put the right information in if I send you a picture? Because we can't cut this out and put it in a scrapbook. It's all wrong. Like, my name's wrong. <laughs> so we did. We, we took, she sent us a picture. We put it in the paper. She called me afterwards. She was thrilled. When she was done talking to me, she put her nine-year-old granddaughter on the phone, and she thanked me. And I just felt like, you know what? That's why I do this, right? That's why I do what I do. I just want to make sure that people get the right information. And I know people accuse me of having an agenda. I really don't, Right? Like, there are people that I don't like. I don't like Steve Saber, but read last month's Valley Patriot. I gave him an A grade on the budget. I think I gave him a B grade on policy. If I had an agenda, he'd get an F on everything. If I was going based on who I like and who I don't like, he, that guy would have got Fs across the board. I can't stand him. I think he's probably one of the most corrupt officials in Methuen. But I try to be objective. And so when people say Tom Duggan's got an agenda, he doesn't like... All I ask my readers, all I ask the people who consume this show... Just go look for yourself. Look at the product. Pick up the Valley Patriot and read it and see if it comports with what they're saying about me because 90% of the time it doesn't. Because it's not about me. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if elected officials like me. I don't care if they're not my friend. I don't care if they hate me. What I care about is getting the right information, getting it out to the public, and a bonus if we can beat the Tribune to the story. Because I love it when we can beat the, the daily paper that employs like 15 editors and 25 reporters, and I'm like one guy sitting in my office and I'm still beating him to stories. That's, I get a charge out of that. But that's the bonus. The real goal is let's get the information, let's make sure it's right, let's get it out to the public. And you know what's funny, Eric? 
Saba, Makati, Samad, they all, they've all complained at city council meetings about the Tribune getting stuff wrong. They also attack me endlessly at city council meetings, but they've never said I got anything wrong. They don't like me. They don't like my opinions. They don't like my editorials, but never once has Steve Saba or Makati or Borogod or any of those guys got at a city council meeting and said, hey, there's a story in this month's Valley Patriot about Methuen and it's all wrong. We want to correct the record. It's bound to happen sooner or later because I'm, I'm human. Eventually, I'm going to make a mistake, and I'm sure they'll jump all over it. But in 17 years, we've never had a Methuen City Council member attack us for getting the information wrong. So all I ask from you, Eric, is just get it right, right? And if it makes me look bad, if it makes the paper look bad, if it makes my friends look bad, that's fine if it's right. As long as it's right, that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. So are you really looking into going into like full-time journalism, or is this kind of like a, like a side thing? No, no, I'd I'd really love to get into it. Um, you know, work my way up in in journalism, uh, particularly with sports. But I mean, that's what everybody wants sports to do nowadays, journalism, nowadays. Sports journalism is even more corrupt than regular journalism. Oh, I can imagine. I yeah. mean, those guys sell out to the league or the or the teams. Like, when was the last time you saw a bad story about the Red Sox and, and like the Herald or the Globe? Never, right? Um, other other even the Patriots, right? Um, they're, they're, oh, you, you can find plenty off. of negative articles about the Patriots. Really? I'm going to have to go look <laughs> Just at that. Just from the national media. Right. Um, all right. So let's see. What else do we have here? So I figured you'd be a little bit more chatty with us about stuff. I'm sorry. Do you want me to chat more? Yeah, 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 yeah. We do. We're going to fill an hour. I'm not even going to fill an hour, actually. It's going to be a short version of That's the show. Right. I was really looking forward to Kirk coming on. So, I was, uh, too. kind of disappointing. But. I was, too. And I was disappointed that we found out last minute because I would have prepared more. Yeah. I would add more stuff. I had actually planned, if Kirk wasn't going to come, I had planned on bringing in the blacked out documents and putting them up on the screen so everybody could see how absolutely ridiculous it was that they blacked out the name and salary of DPW workers in the city of Methuen. It's just ridiculous. And by the way, you know, I'm not doing anything different than what Neil Perry's doing, right? He did an audit, management audit of the police department, and he said, when that's done, I'm going to do a management audit of DPW. So... I was just doing, I'm just in line with what it is he's doing. I want the information from DPW too, and let's try and get ahead of that audit report, and we'll start reporting on some of the stuff that's going on down there, and then when I'm done with that, it's going to be the school department, and I have a feeling that's going to take a lot longer. I got a feeling when I start asking for documents in the school department, that's going to be a year-long process of blowing out stories, because I get calls all the time from people who work for the school department, and they say there's a lot there. So we're still trying to find out where the $4 million went. The $4 million override in Methuen, we're still trying to figure out where the money went. So, yeah, we'll start, we'll start asking that kind of stuff. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll use Eric for some of that. You know, we'll have Eric call people in the school department and see if they can get quotes and stuff because they're not going to talk to me. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how they yeah. love – it's amazing how these, these scumbag politicians love you at election time when you're putting their name in the paper and you're letting them come on the show and you're doing debates and giving them free airtime. They love you, Tom. You're the best, Tom. Tom, can you want to come over to my family's house for Christmas? Tom, you want to go out with me and my wife for dinner, Tom? Tom, you're the best. And then they get in, and it's, oh, yeah, we don't want you writing about us. No, he sucks. Don't talk to Tom Duggan. He's horrible. He's awful. Mike's out with my friend for 25 years. Gets elected, and five minutes after he gets elected, he starts shoving knives in my back because now he's an elected official. Now someone's here to hold him accountable. So... 
It's going to be tough for you working for the Valley Patriot. I'm, just, I'm letting you know right yeah, out of the gate. This is such an information overload. I mean, I, 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 I just started I working apologize. here. I apologize. For I'm not so from the community, here. and right, all right. of a sudden, I got like five different rants right. here going on at the right. same time. But that's good. It's going to be trial by fire. Because if you can deal with it here, yeah. seriously, you'll be able to go anywhere. Like there'll be they'll, you. You go anywhere else after you've worked for me for a year or more, and tell them all the stuff that, that I made you do. Right, and you can even tell them what a bastard I am for making you doing it, and they're going to be like, sure, "Really, well. really, you did all that? You even did like sales packets and stuff? Like, really?" <laughs> and they're going to they'll snap you up in two seconds. Unfortunately for you, you're not going to make any money. There's no. no money in this business. Like, even the best reporters at the Globe aren't pulling down enough cash to like pay their mortgage. Yeah, and th- and that's kind of at the crossroads that I'm at in my life because like I could you know, pursue a couple of different things that I'm passionate about, not make any money for right. years, or just go straight into a field in writing that's going to help me immediately and, you know, help me save up and move out of the house. Right. So uh, that's the the classic crossroad that I think everybody comes to at some point in their mm. life, especially about to graduate college. Mm. I don't know if I'm getting a graduation even. Really? Yeah. Well, you're at St. Anselm's? Yeah, yeah. An in-person graduation at least. My nephew goes to St. Anselm's. Oh, really? Yeah. What's his name? Dan and Cropra. Oh, I n- I've never met. All right, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to hook you guys up on, on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 21. 21. I think he's, I think he's 19 or 20, so I think he's probably yeah. about a year behind you. But yeah. um, So you're not even sure if you're going to have a graduation this year? That's ridiculous. No, I, I can't speak to it much because I haven't heard anything. But, um, you know, the, the way things are looking with COVID right now in, in Manchester, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm not too sure about it. And, you know, if, if they give us a – a graduation, then the previous class's parents is going to be like, well, my kid didn't get a graduation. Why did they get to? By the way, do you believe the reasons that they give for all for canceling all this stuff? Because I really kind of don't. No. No. No, not really. I mean, you can go to Mohegan Sun, right? You can go to Walmart. There's 500 people in Walmart. There's no social distancing. Half the people aren't wearing masks, and that's okay. But the guy that sells suits next door, who competes with Walmart, he's got to be closed. And it just seems like if you can, if you can, if you can go to a casino, if you can go to Walmart, if you can go to Target, you ought to be able to go to a restaurant. You ought to be able to have a graduation. We ought to be able to have a bash. But you know, the, the problem is you get scumbag politicians in charge. You know, it, when you have a good economy, it's because the scumbag politicians want us to have a good economy. And when the economy sucks, it's because the scumbag politicians want the econ- for whatever reason want the economy to suck. And so it's really it's it's really all up to our elected officials at this point. But I'm I'm just really disappointed that we were told 15 days to spread the to stop the curve, which became six months, which became a year. Then it became once we have the vaccines, we'll go back to normal. Now they're saying even though you have a vaccine, you can't visit your grandmother in the nursing home. You still can't do this. You still you still can't go to work. You still can't do that. So I don't know when this is going to end. Maybe you can write a story about that at some point when we start to get to the end. Yeah. But um, it's screwing up the economy. It certainly screwed me up. It screwed up a lot of people. We made it, though. We made it through Columbia Gas and struggled for a year and a half to two years after Columbia Gas because two-thirds of my advertisers were closed when everything blew up. And we finally dug out of that. We finally like got more advertising, and we started to expand a little bit. And we finally got to where we were right before Columbia Gas, and COVID hit. And so now we got to, it's going to take like another year to dig it out, which is why we have to restructure. We're restructuring the whole corporation at this point. Um, what what else are you interested in? Tell us like about you. Like like what are you taking in school? What are you doing? Do you have a girlfriend? What's going on with you? Uh, so I'm majoring in English, minor in communication. Okay. Um, 
if the whole journalism thing doesn't really pan out, I'd love to get into tech writing. Um, I feel like it'd be a stable job, something I could do well at. Um, as far as on the side, as you know, I, I do uh, stand up. I'm really looking forward to that coming back. Me too. I've been dying without stand up. And he was good, folks. Yeah. He was funny. <laughs> like there were ten or twelve comedians, and he came in second. And some of those comedians were really good, and some of those comedians have been doing it for a long time. And yeah. you've only been doing it a short amount of time, and you got up and killed it. Yeah. Right. No, I think, that, that I, think was... I criticized one joke about something you said that like just hit me wrong, but. <laughs> But like we're we're all grown ups, it's not going to bother me that much. You said but. I should have dressed down more. Oh yeah, because he because <laughs> he he was like he's in a suit, and I was like, wow, what is this? So um, I was at a meeting beforehand, like that was formal, and I had to go straight from there to the show. So right. that's why I showed up dressed like I did. Right. I wasn't trying to upstage anybody, but I, but I it found worked. it funny that you told me I I almost disqualified you before you started because of how you dressed. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're going to be a comedian, you, you know who wants to listen to a comedian in a three piece suit, right? Yeah. How funny is that? That's the kind of like boring corporate stuff. Yeah. Something um, I gotta learn. So what what else, what else are you interested in doing? Like I'm going to pick your brain because if I hear something that that hits me, we'll have you do that too. So um, I'm currently writing and, and pitching a movie script that I'm writing with a co writer from Vegas. So, you know that's where the money is. Yeah. Screw all this journalism yeah. stuff. Where. where uh, so I, I connected with one of the uh, alumni from my school who's actually a stand up comedian. And um, he's been in a few things. Um, and he actually hopped on a Zoom chat with us. He looked at our script, gave us some advice. So now we're kind of in the process of rewriting it. But we've talked to a couple producers, a couple of actors about it. Um, no bites yet. But um, I'm really looking forward to pursuing that. It's been really fun. I think you and I are going to get along just fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on my fourth book. Um, and had COVID hit, it would have been out months ago if COVID hadn't hit. Um, and what we what we wanted to do, we we actually had a, a meeting maybe about three or four months ago about uh, for a long time I've been wanting to write a specific book. I'm not going to get into the details, but this this and 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 I've got enough material in my head that I know I can easily get a good three four hundred pages out of it. But it would really be better as a movie. And I got a friend that's a movie producer, Daryl Silva. I know you guys know Daryl Silva, right? Um, and I was thinking like maybe we'll have Daryl Silva do the script because I'm good at writing. But I'm not good at script writing. Like, I wouldn't know how to write it as a script. So I could have to write it as a book, give it to somebody, and have him turn it into a script. Yeah. And then we can shop it to Daryl if Daryl wants to do the movie or somebody else. But if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if this is something that – what I'm looking from you is I'm looking to find out where you want to go so I can tailor what we give you and then try and help you do it so that it helps you and it helps us. Right. I, I'm a believer in, in, the, in the win-win-win scenario, you know? Yeah, no, I appreciate so. that. And, and – uh, I would definitely be interested in that. There's this book that the alumni told us to get, and it, it helped me greatly with rewriting this thing. It's called Save the Cat, and it's probably the best book on screenwriting that's out really? there right now. You have to pick it's that amazing. up. Yeah. Um, if one so- of my girls are listening. You can order that for me on Amazon. That'd be great. <laughs> you got girls? I do. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, like I like I don't have like when I'm out with someone and I introduce them as my friend. Because they're not my girlfriend. Like, cause I, I date. I don't have one girlfriend. I just date. And they're like, uh, well, that's kind of weird. He introduced her as his friend, but the kind of, she kind of looked like she's his girlfriend. And then a few nights later, I'll be out with someone else, and they'll see me, and I'll introduce my, my friend, because she's not my girlfriend. I dated the other girl two nights earlier. And they're like, so what is this all about? Like, people, Some people don't understand singleness for some reason. Like, For some reason, you're supposed to have one person, and that's it. I don't know why I went down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you, Tom. What's up? Do you feel judged? 
I, yeah, I, I, I do. Even society. like, even like uh, when Richard Lawrence was here, and even like Neil Perry when he was here uh, about a month ago, um, said something like, uh, "You're a walking HR violation." Because I said something about he said something about my smoking, and I said, "Yeah, every woman in my life gives me crap about my smoking." Now I was talking about like my mom, my sister-in-law, like all the women in my life, and of course, people always take it the way they want to take it. They always take it in some scurrilous way. So um, I, I'm just looking to. I'm looking to, and it's great that we're doing this on air too, because it's kind of. It's I'm kind just of fun, glad right? you're not vaping, honestly. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm not a big fan of vaping. No, no. No, go classic. Yeah. Cigarettes, the man. Cigarettes or cigars? <laughs> Otherwise, you're kind of a sissy, I think, at that point, right? Yeah. yeah. I like a nice cigar. Right. Do you really? I do. Yeah. Oh, the guys here are going to love you. Let me introduce you to Dave when he comes out after we'll, the show. We'll gave it away. <laughs> See, right. So, um, do you watch the news at all? Do you follow any of the national politics? I do, I do, yeah. I I try to stay away from you know some of the bias sources out there, mm-hmm. um, which is really like all just, of them. Yeah, which is all of them. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's it just kind of makes me sad at a certain point. Yeah. I think the last time I lo- watched the news was like the the Capitol protests, the mm-hmm. riots. Uh, after that, I was just like, I, I kind of need a break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Tucker Carlson's under fire today. If you're on Twitter, he's been trending since yesterday because he, uh, unfortunately for him, made a comment last night. Uh, that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose. And boy, oh boy, did the fascists come out of the woodwork to um, boycott his advertisers. Why does he have this platform? Uh, Letter writing campaigns, phone campaigns, trying to get him pulled off the air. So I went online because before I defend anybody, I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. I went online and I pulled up the autopsy report, at least the parts that are public, and it really kind of does look like the guy died of a fentanyl overdose. Now, by the way, those who are a screaming bloody murder about this, saying that Tucker Carlson's covering up for the for the police officer that had their knee on his neck, he didn't say anything. He didn't say that that was a bad thing. Like he didn't come out and say, uh, "No, what the cop did was okay because he died of a fentanyl overdose." He didn't say that. You can actually have both opinions at the same time that the cop was wrong for doing what he did. And that may have contributed to his death, but he really died. The, the, the amount of fentanyl in his system was so friggin' high that he, that he most likely did die of a fentanyl overdose. Those two things can coexist. One does not negate the other. But unfortunately, in this current media atmosphere, you're only allowed to have one opinion about stuff. Like, you're, the cops are bad. This cop was bad. This cop did it wrong. And then don't talk about anything else. And so Tucker was making a point about something else. He was making a point about how all the riots came from George Floyd's death. Um, and now suddenly there's this big, huge boycott. Uh, of uh, They're trying to do a big, huge boycott of Tucker Carlson. And they're calling him all kinds of names, and it's misinformation, and it's a lie. And these are the problems you're going to have when you're in journalism is they're going to – the people who you work for are going to want you to lie. They're going to want you to write stories that don't say there was fentanyl in his system. Don't include that. We only want you to say that the cop killed him because the cop had his knee on his neck. And again, while according to the autopsy, while that may have contributed to it, and the cop was still wrong, and the cop should still go to jail, and he should still lose his job, and, and they, were all still, they should all lose their jobs, that doesn't mean that there's still other mitigating factors that contributed to that. And so I'm hoping that the time you spend, whatever short time you spend here at the Valley Patriot, that if you, if, you, if you learn nothing at all except for this moving forward, that the truth is more important than, what people, than, the, than the narrative people want you to give. And that's what we try to do. 
and there's always boycotts. We have Methuen City, get this, we have Methuen City counselors saying on Facebook, I don't even tell you who they are, DJ Beauregard, Mike Samad, Steve Saber, went on Facebook and, and advocated that the public hurt Methuen businesses because they didn't like who those Methuen businesses were doing business with. Now imagine you're in the middle of COVID, you've laid off most of your employees, you're struggling, you're trying to stay alive, you're advertising with everybody that you can to try and get new business into your, new customers into your store, and you've got elected officials trying to hurt Methuen businesses. Like, if that's not the scummiest thing I've ever heard of in my life, I don't know what is. And so you're going to be dealing with a lot of that stuff. I'm, I'm kind of giving you all the bad stuff to expect, yeah. like in the journalism business, <clears throat> because it's hard. Like, we, we write a straight news story with no opinion in it, and then we get attacked for the straight news story because we just f- simply published the facts. I guarantee, like we had, a, um, I did a story on a Lawrence, on a Methuen police officer, Arthur Hardy, and civil service had issued some ruling that he had done something incompetent. I don't remember what it was. And we, we reported that they said that this officer did something incompetent. All of his friends and all of his family comes on my Facebook. You're only doing that because you're friends with Joe Solomon. You're only doing that to hurt Arthur Hardy. You're only doing... Honestly, people, it's a news story. I didn't add any opinion to it whatsoever. I got an email from civil service saying this is what our ruling is, and I posted it. And yet there are still people who are going to try and distract from the actual topic and make it about you. Right. Don't ever let them make it about you. When they make yeah. it about you, then, then the information's irrelevant at that point. Yeah. So I always keep bringing people back. Okay, when they attack me on the meetings and stuff, I say, you're right. I'm a horrible guy. I kick puppies. I steal money out of the church poor box on Sunday, and I rob little old ladies of their pocketbooks. Having said that, now the, let's talk about the information that I just published. Is it correct or isn't it correct? And now they got nowhere to go. Right? I suck. You're right. I suck. I'm horrible. I have an agenda. I'm terrible. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, what's the real story? What's, what's the information that's before us? And that's what I try to do. I, I, I always try. Now, I'm human. I make mistakes. Yeah. But that's what I try. You really shouldn't be kicking puppies, by the way. Yeah, well, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> right? I'm a horrible person, and I have an agenda, and you know, it's just just a, a propaganda. No, I, I do right? know what you're saying, and and when the when the story becomes about certain people, that's what you can expect. Right. I mean, it's easy when you can just write a story like like a car accident, like right. you know, car crashed into a store yesterday. Uh, the the driver was fine. There were no injuries. Blah blah blah. You know, that's that's nothing anybody's going to get upset over. Oh, you but think them, so? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. You know your uh, viewers better than I do. Right. But Well, I can tell you, I wrote a story. I, I published a story three months ago in Methuen. Uh, a kid died. On, is it, was it on Pelham Street the kid died in that accident? Uh, a kid died in an accident on Pelham Street, I think about three months ago. And somebody at the scene took a picture of them doing CPR on the guy. So I included it in my story and I, and I posted it. And I got inundated with people who were saying, you don't have the permission of his family to publish that. How dare you? If that was your family member, would you want to see that on Facebook? Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. And I've even told all my producers, if I have a heart attack while I'm doing this show, you do not cut the feed. You, I, want my, I want my viewers to know exactly what happened when I died before the Tribune can screw up the story of my death. <laughs> If it's real and if it's true, it should be published. 
That's my, that's my philosophy. Yeah. So I had all these people coming on attacking me about this poor kid that died in a car accident. And, 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 and you know, they, they'll never forget it. I'll be an enemy for life to these people because they think somehow I crossed the line. But that's because most people don't even know what fucking journalism is. Excuse my French. They just don't. They just, because there's so much bad journalism out there that they don't even know what real journalism is anymore. It's just like you said, the facts. It's a car accident. Kid died. Here's the, here's the, here's the particulars. I, th- I don't think I named the kid because I didn't know if the family had been notified. Mm-hmm. But if a cop tells me, yeah, the family's been notified, I'll put the name in. And then I'll get attacked by people who don't even know him. How dare you? I bet his family wasn't notified yet. And then I have to go, yeah, the family was notified. I actually do my job. I checked before I published it. Right. But, but another even, thing I guess that, what I'm saying is even things that you think are going to be mundane yeah. are going to cause problems. Well, it's something you obviously know pretty well is that like to most people nowadays online, complaining is a sport. Mm-hmm. It's a game to, be, to see who can be offended the most right, and yeah. who, who can garner the, the right. most amount of sympathy and attention. Right. And I'm sure you get that all the time from people that, you know. No matter what I publish, like no yeah. matter what. I, I was going to do the DPW story in Methuen in June. Right, I it, uh, we'd heard the rumors and stuff, but it really started to get loud last June, and so I was going to submit the public records request for that, and then I thought, well, wait a minute, they're going after Joe Solomon, the police chief. They know Joe and I are friends. If I do this now, and it turns out that Steve Saber's son is the highest paid DPW guy, getting uh, getting overtime, et cetera, et cetera, they're going to say, look, he's attacking the people that are going after his buddy Joe Solomon. This is all about Joe Solomon. So I said, okay, I'll sit back, and I won't do it. And I'll wait for the Joe Solomon thing to be resolved because we had a feeling that it was going to be resolved like within a few months at least. And I waited till it was done. And then when it was done, I waited a few more weeks and I said, okay, now the handcuffs are off and now I'm going to do this. And the minute that I submitted my public records request, DJ Beauregard went on, the city council went on Facebook and called me propaganda and accused me of doing it and going after the people that got rid of Joe Solomon. So I would have been screwed in June and I'm screwed now. So my philosophy is I don't give a crap what people say anymore. I'm just going to – if I have a, an idea to do a story, if I have an idea to ask for records, I don't care what they're going to say. I don't care what excuse they're going to make. I don't care if they attack me. I'm just going to ask for it. Right. And that's just – I mean, I've tried the other way and it just doesn't work. I tried being friends with these guys. It just doesn't work because they're the ones that have the agenda. It's like always the people who accuse you of something. They're doing what they're accusing you of. Right. They're the ones that have the agenda. So – and and that's why I'm so happy to to be working for you too. By the way, because you know I'm sure if we went down a list of issues, we would probably disagree, disagree on a lot of things. And that's okay. Yeah, but I I really appreciate that you know you speak your mind. You don't let anybody alter the way you present the news. And I definitely would not call you propaganda. Well, and that's why that. I'm I'm glad to be on on board. Well, I appreciate that. Kissing my ass is going to get you very far at this Valley Patriot. Yeah, that, that, that's good. <laughs> You know, like I learned I, that before, right? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I have I have people who write for me that write stuff that I totally disagree with, and I have people conservative friends of mine because I'm conservative will call me and say, "Did you did you defect? Did you become a Democrat? Are you a liberal now? I'm reading your paper and I'm reading this thing, and and how could you believe this?" And I said, "I don't. What's in your paper? Right, but I didn't write it. It was written by Linda Campbell, or it was written by by Diane Desaglio, or it was written by Eric Spagnoli. Now, right?" Mm-hmm. When you read the Valley Patriot, this isn't all Tom Duggan's opinion, right? This is news stories. There are some opinions in here, but they're the opinions of the people who write it. They're not my opinions. Mm-hmm. We have um, a lesbian who writes for us every once in a while. She writes a lesbian column, and it's about lesbian stuff, right? 
And I'm a, I, I was always against gay marriage. Then again, I'm, I'm against all marriage. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't agree with, I don't think any, she wrote, I think probably about 30 columns for us over the years. I can't imagine looking back and finding one that I agree with, right? But it doesn't matter if I agree with it. It's because it's not about what I, it's not about my opinion. My opinion has my name on it. The editorial is the opinion of the board. It's usually my opinion. I usually write it. I don't always write it. But it's the opinion of the board. We'll sit down and say, what's, the, what, what's a, a good issue this month to kind of throw an editorial out about? We'll kick some ideas around. Usually I'll write it, and then I'll show it to them, and they'll say, no, I don't agree with this part. Take that out, because the editorial represents the whole board. My opinion and my column and the paying attention column is just my opinion. Everything else is the opinion of the people who write. Now, you're writing reports. You're not doing opinions. Right. But you watch how quickly someone is going to email you in the coming months accusing you of having an agenda because you wrote a certain story that right. made somebody look bad or made somebody look good that they don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, The level of hatred that's out there, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And it's not just the Merrimack Valley. And it's sad that it is the Merrimack Valley, especially Methuen. But the level of hate out there is just so high in the whole country about everything. I mean, they, they're attacking Tucker Carlson. They're attacking Lou Dobbs. They're taking people off the air. Facebook is censoring people. They're, they're, they're canceling their accounts because they're saying things like, I don't believe masks work, right? Well, we know masks don't work, right? We, that's not even something that's an opinion. We know masks don't work. If they worked, we wouldn't have opened up the jails and let everybody out. We would have just given them masks. We wouldn't have closed the schools. We just would have given the kids masks. But you can't tell the truth anymore. You can't tell it in print. You can't tell it online. And so I'm looking forward to having somebody like me, or at least with my journalistic philosophy, coming on board with the Valley Patriot and only being interested in telling the facts and not being interested in who it's going to piss off. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely what I want to try to do. And I, I really don't have a strong opinion on much. I mean, well, that's good. Yeah, no, I really just want. You're going to get accused of it, though. Yeah, no, I know, and and I'm ready for it. But I, you know, I check out your your Facebook comments sometime. Just the level of hatred. I oh, mean, it's you're huge. spot on. Oh yeah, yeah. And I could post the word blue. I could just that's it, just the word blue, and there'll be 500 people calling me an asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, it's a it's one word. It's the word blue, and you've seen it before. Like you go on my Facebook page. It it, it it's. It's disheartening that that's where we are psychologically as a nation, but we're here, and I'm trying to hold the line, and I love that when I said to you on the phone, there's no money to be made in this business, and journalism is dead, and you said, I want to try and save it anyway, I was like, you know what? I was ready to say no to this guy. Now I'm going to say yes, because if there's more people coming into the journalism business that have that philosophy, that I don't care who I piss off, I don't care who likes it. This is how I feel, or this is what the information is. That's just what it is. Now, did you, you, you did you watch the impeachment at all? Uh, no, I've been stacked with work this week. I, I'm just coming out of my bubble right now right. for this podcast, honestly. Yeah. So I watched the impeachment yesterday. I didn't watch the first day because I couldn't. But I was at the office all day yesterday with computer problems, so I threw on CNN and I watched the impeachment trials. And I posted on Facebook that the Democrats have made a really compelling case to convict Trump. I'm a Trump supporter. I supported him. If he runs again, I'll probably vote for him again. But boy, they made a really compelling case that, that, he, that, he, that he incited some of that. And that with his, I don't want to say lies, because I think he really believes it. I think he really believes the election was stolen. I think he really believes all of that. 
And some of it actually is true. There was there were some shenanigans. I don't know that it was enough that it would have changed the election. But I just went on Facebook and said, you know what? As loathsome as the Democrats are, they made a very compelling case for convicting Trump today. And all of the Trump people came on. My friends, people I stood with and held signs, people I went to Trump rallies with. Tom, you're going soft. You're defecting. Tom, you're a traitor. Tom, you're get, Tom are, you, are you going to the Democrat side? No, I'm just objectively watching the evidence and saying they're making a compelling case. And I'm not aware of the you know, legal definition of inciting. Mm-hmm. But when Trump gave his announcement d- during those riots and he said, this, is a, this was an election that was stolen from us. We love you, but you have to go home. Mm-hmm. But you have to go home should come first. Right. That's why, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm not a Trump supporter. And part of that is because he's, when shit hits the fan, he's not the guy that's going to calm everybody down. Right. You know, that, that's he, true. he's going to get everybody that. riled up. Right. And, and he, I think he kind of played off of that. And I think there are certain parts of this country that need to be riled up, mm-hmm. but not in the way that, that he went about it. Yeah. And I, I just think that was a classic example of, you know, the, the wrong finger on the button. Right. I don't think he ever thought that his crowd would ever get violent because it had never happened before. We saw riots all over the country. We saw them in Baltimore. We saw all over the country all, all summer. We saw last year all these Black Lives Matter rallies. And we also saw all last summer all of those Trump rallies, and there was, never any, there was never any violence. So I don't think he ever thought in his head that they were going to do something like that. I don't think he realized the gravity of how his words were stirring up the dumbest among his supporters. Right? I support him, but I never would have done that. 90% of the people that went to that rally, 99% of the people that went to that rally didn't do anything bad, didn't storm the Capitol, didn't hurt anybody. And I don't think he ever thought it would get to that. But I think that's also part of the problem. I think when you're the president and you're saying these things and you're inciting people, and when I say inciting, I don't mean legally inciting, but you're, you're telling them that your vote was stolen. You're telling them we have to take back our country. And even though you mean it rhetorically, there are idiots out there who support every politician who are going to take what they say literally. Right. And I think, I think, I think I, I'm going to watch what the Republican response is. I watched some of it yesterday. It was horrible. I'm going to watch the rest of it before I actually make my mind up. But if I was a senator right now, I'd be leaning toward convicting him. I would. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean at the end of the day that's how I'm going to feel. I'm, I'm just watching it like a, like a, a jurist, like a, like a member of the jury. But um, it's just so sad that CNN and ABC and NBC and all the rest of the news media are acting as if there's only one side to this story. It's Trump was wrong. Trump incited. Trump's a racist. Trump's a Nazi. Trump is bad. And that's it. And there's no other, and there's no other mitigating factor to even look at. And so that's why, that's, why we, that's why I do this. That's why I do the show. That's why I have the Valley Patriot. That's why I do a lot of the things that I do because I, I, I'm really only just interested in the truth. And if the truth hurts me, it hurts me. If the truth somehow benefits one of my enemies politically or whatever, that's fine because it's the truth. And I think, we, I think we're all big boys and girls. I think we can handle the truth. Yeah. Unfortunately, half the country doesn't really seem like they can handle the truth. No. No. So, anything else? Like, we actually burned an entire hour just chatting, which is good. Yeah, I know. I was kind of this, surprised when I looked over at the clock. <laughs> this is actually what it would have been like in my office if I was interviewing him. If he'd come to my office asking for to intern, this is what it would have been like. So, you guys at home got a chance to. Uh, I didn't even look to see how. Do we have anybody actually watching, Chrissy? Is there anybody here? Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we, we you got we, like 17 yeah, people watching. We, were, we had like 26 earlier. Yeah, and those numbers are always wrong because it says 20, but then when you go offline, it says like 450. There you go. <laughs> right? So I think they only count like the people that are your Facebook friends. 
I think ah. if you have people that, are, that share it out and then other people join, I don't think it counts them, but we get a full count at the end of the show. Um, so I guess that's it. Uh, we can wrap up the show, I guess. Do you have anything else you want to you talk about your, your story? You want to take two minutes to talk about your story? Uh, yeah. So uh, COVID-19 in the Valley, uh, we have the updated numbers um, as of the date it was published, which I believe was the... Tuesday. Tuesday, so... Uh, I got to look at my calendar. It's the 9th. The 9th? I think so. Yep. The 9th. So um, a couple of those numbers have changed. Uh, for example, um, I just looked at the uh, Lawrence website. We had uh, three new COVID-related deaths in Lawrence. Um, so that has spiked. Um, I was really interested to uh, um, dig into the the uh, COVID uh, worlds um, that are that are happening in the towns right now. Um, honestly, I didn't even know the vaccines had arrived until I started looking at, really? at that uh, at those uh, websites, the mm-hmm. uh, town sites. Um, so it was a really eye opening experience and really um, showed me how much research it goes into writing a good story. Right, and it was a short because, story, but you, yeah, it probably excuse me took you a long time. Yeah, it was only about five hundred words, but I must have done you know at least six seven hours of research wow. just. Because, you know, a problem with this is some of the town sites don't have their COVID numbers available on their sites. Rather, they, they refer you to uh, the Massachusetts site or the CDC. And even then, you have to go through like five different pages to get the information you're looking for. And I would have given up on the second page, which is why I'm glad we got you. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good introduction to, to journalism. You know, it was a good first story. And uh, I'm really excited to, to see the updates and see how many people end up getting vaccinated. All right. All right. I guess we can wrap this up. Uh, Chrissy, what's it like being, uh, this is your first, uh, first week doing the show? What do you think? Had an absolute blast, Tom. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Happy Anytime, to be here. Anytime a beautiful woman says anything positive about me or my show, I'm happy. So, <laughs> And I didn't bitch about you smoking. No, you didn't. Well, it is a smoke shop, by the way. You know. But if ever a guest comes in or if anybody ever comes in and says, geez, you know, could you not smoke? I'm always happy to just not smoke if, they, if that's what they want. You're so. never going to hear I asked Eric when Eric came in. I'm like, if you don't want me to smoke, I won't smoke. But otherwise, I'm a chimney. I'm at two packs a day. So with the amount of stress in my life, I'm surprised I'm at four packs a day. <laughs> So, all right. Well, I hear Melvin Taylor. So, wait, we have to thank our advertisers. Appreciate uh, McLennan Real Estate. Uh, we love Sam and, um, and everybody over at uh, and Matt and Janet and everybody over at McLennan Real Estate Century 21. Uh, we love them. If you're going to buy a house, if you're thinking of selling your house, now's the time to do it. Property values are going up. So, this is the time to be doing it. Call McLennan Real Estate Century 21. AFC Urgent Care. Uh, you can go there, get your COVID test. I think they're actually going to be getting vaccines. Um, very shortly, Lisa was here two weeks ago. She said they were going to be getting the vaccines. Uh, Marsan and Son Construction. I've got to call into Ronnie Marsan um, to see if um, if he can come on the show because we're trying to get him to run for city council against Steve Saber. Uh, EIS Investigations and Gun Training. Now, if you want to if you want to get a gun permit in Massachusetts, you have to go take a class. This is the place to go. Go to EIS Investigations for your gun training. They'll walk you through the process. You take a class with about twenty other people. And then when they give you your certificate, then you can go apply for your gun license. Um, and uh, let's see who else we have. Uh, Borelli's Deli. I'm a little off my game today. Did you notice? I'm kind of... No? You're doing fine, Tom. Right, Just okay. keep going. You're right. doing great. She's placating me. Borelli's Deli, which is where I always go after the show to pick up my, my deli meats. Um, I didn't realize that they just have deli meats. That I thought they just had deli meats. I didn't realize they also have like 
chicken and steak and all that stuff, steak tips, so I'll, I'm, I get those there now too. Clear Path for Veterans New England. They've got a great story in this edition of the Valley Patriot, and we will have, uh, we will have uh, Jason Gilbert back with uh, the crew. Andover Optical, and a special shout-out to Mr. Lowe at Jasmine's Computer Service, who is fixing my computer as we speak. Hopefully he can retrieve the data. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. Yep, he does, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.